0: Okay, we're live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. His name is Michael D. Knox. He just published a book, January 2021. Title of the book is "Ending U.S. Wars by Honoring Americans Who Work for Peace." I think it's a very important book, very timely book, considering recent events um, in Afghanistan. And we're going to talk about the culture that leads to all of these foreign wars and the U.S. wars that have been going on. I think the United States has only had 22 years of peace since its foundation, so we're going to talk about what leads to that, but uh, Dr. Knox can talk more about that. So, Michael Knox, are you there?
1: Yes, I am. Thank you, William, for having me.
0: Yes, well, thanks for agreeing to the interview. For people who may not have heard your background or this project that you have for a National Monument and the U.S. Peace Registry, can you talk about your background and what led you to write the book, Ending U.S. Wars?
1: Well, I'm I'm, by training a clinical psychologist. I worked as a professor until I retired in uh, 2011, and uh, in 2005, I I I took my son uh, James to Washington, and we visited the National Mall and saw a lot of the national monuments, which I'd seen many times. But I was, you know, conducting a a tour basically as a tour guide, and uh, made me question things a little little deeper, and I began to realize that I was seeing war monument after war monument after war monument, and even individuals who were depicted in statuary, often they were carrying a sword or a spear or a bow and arrow or a pistol or some, some weapon, um, and we could find nothing uh, on the mall or any public property that that related to peace and to the courageous Americans who have worked for peace, and uh, so I started thinking in 2005 about the need for a U.S. Peace Memorial and um, created the U.S. Peace Memorial Foundation, um, and you know, basically our nation began in war. Uh, we have a long history of waging war uh, from the native uh, peoples that we decimated, the American Army, U.S. Army decimated, uh, you know, to recent bombings of of poor people living in underdeveloped Middle East, Africa, end of World War II, uh, killing millions of people, uh, maiming tens of millions more, disrupting, disrupting, and destroying education, healthcare, housing, businesses, uh, since. 1946, uh, no other country has killed and injured more people living outside of its borders. And I don't think many Americans realize how much of a war culture uh, that we have. Uh, Since 9-11, our military and CIA have bombed and killed and wounded people and made refugees of people in Afghanistan and Pakistan, Iraq, Somalia, Libya, Yemen, Syria. And basically, as we're seeing now with the, uh, the end or the supposed end of the war in Afghanistan, you know, it creates tremendous numbers of refugees. All of these bombings do. And this is a, a crisis that the world is going to be facing for many, many years. I personally don't think the war in Afghanistan is over. I think that it's just uh, public relations uh in reality we'll continue to bomb but we'll just fly a little bit farther we'll fly the airplanes and the drones a little farther just like we do did last week when we bombed uh yemen and somalia we don't have bases there we don't need bases there we'll continue to kill there so with this this long history and culture of war i started thinking but what reinforces that basically from my Background as a psychologist, and I think citizens and politicians feel compelled to honor soldiers, and uh, they feel much less likely to criticize war if they hold soldiers up as as heroes. I mean, that's one reason we have all of these monuments to soldiers, even even Confederate soldiers, uh, you know, all around the country, and it's, it's part of the culture of war and sustaining it and reinforcing it. So I think we, we need to ask ourselves, why aren't we recognizing teachers and healthcare providers and parents and grandparents and volunteers and farmers and salespeople and government employees, everyone who's part of the fabric of our community. Uh, but instead of doing that, you know, we often, uh, you know, in any event you attend, uh, any place you go. I recently went to uh, SeaWorld and Bush Gardens. They have military displays there. Even before the killer whale uh, demonstrations, they had a big tribute to the military. And our schools have uh, military recruiters in them. Um, our, you know, sports events, often they will have halftime shows dedicated to the military. And this is all part of Reinforcing the culture of war, making sure that people never criticize war, because to criticize war or militarization is really to criticize our soldiers and our veterans, and uh, nobody would ever want to do that. So it's
0: unpatriotic too, right? So it's supposedly unpatriotic to criticize this one element of our own government, but this war culture has has shifted. Um, certainly since 9-11, I think it's very timely, but it shifted so much of our resources to these meddling's uh, all the way around the world. Like we're really a global empire. It's, a, it's kind of a Pax Americana, like Pax Romana, but um, we just continue our bombing. It's, not, it's kind of like a perpetual war. I had other guests on about that. And can you talk kind of about the financial costs of, of these wars that are ongoing all around the world? Well, you know,
1: we're hearing more and more about that. In fact, last week, the uh, the Pentagon budget. It's interesting that President Biden's budget, just like President Trump's budget for the military, um, when, the, when Congress reacted to that budget, in both cases, including last week after the supposed end of the war in Afghanistan, the Congress, uh, Democrats and Republicans, joined together to put more money into the Pentagon, more than the pre- either president had asked for. I think this year it was $23 uh, million, and I mean, billion dollars more than had been requested. So we're talking about trillions of dollars. Um, although the military budget may be in the range of 750 uh, billion, uh, we, the CIA actually is responsible for about fifty percent of the drone attacks in our war, and, and a huge unknowable budget, so I would say the cost is about a trillion dollars a year. Certainly more than if you add everything else up that might be important, uh, you know, healthcare and uh, you know, right. education that, and everything it was, else. That do, it that doesn't add up to what we spend on wars.
0: It really is incredible how much we spend on wars. I mean, and I do think. Orwell was right. This work culture solidifies the social structure of any government. So you always got to keep the people poor, people poor. And I think that's really what the budget does. And I think that both parties are shamelessly involved in wasting all this money. It's really incredible how tolerant Americans really are. I guess you have to propagandize them about the war on terror to justify these gargantuan expenditures. But yeah, it's oh, yeah. all part and of this It, is, it is
1: propaganda, and, and you don't have to look very deep. You don't even have to be very intelligent or to read much in the way of, of the news media to realize that things like uh, you know, the invasion of Iraq for weapons of mass destruction uh, was clearly you know, not a legitimate reason for invading another country. If you want to see the country with the most weapons of mass destruction in the world, in fact, more weapons than the next 10 nations combined, it's the United States of America. We right, have more problem. nuclear weapons. We've used the nuclear weapons. We use and have and chemical weapons. We have biological weapons that we're developing all the time. You may remember after 9-11, the anthrax scare. all of that anthrax was chased, traced back through DNA to the US uh, Army.
0: Yeah, it was Fort so, Detrick, right? Like the biological yeah. weapons facility. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it was super weaponized, yeah, super weaponized anthrax.
1: And in terms of uh, of Afghanistan, you don't be, need to be very intelligent to realize what was going on there. Uh, 16 or 17 of the criminals involved in 9 11 uh, were on, traveling on uh, Saudi passports, they were Saudi citizens. Osama bin Laden's money came from Saudi Arabia. Um, they were they were given basically sh- shelter uh, in Florida for many, many months. Uh, they were trained. The only two skills they needed to have they didn't learn in Afghanistan, they learned in Florida. They learned how to fly an airplane into a building in Florida, and they learned how to use a cell phone, a skill which they didn't have before they arrived here so they could communicate with each other. So, obviously, we weren't going to bomb Florida, and Afghanistan had absolutely nothing to do with
0: 9-11. Either did Iraq, but they certainly wanted to tie 9-11 to Iraq. I mean, this is going back exactly. 18 years. And if you,
1: yeah, and if you think about, I mean, I, I was around during the various wars of Vietnam and Iraq, and, I mean, Vietnam and Cambodia and Laos. I still, to this day, cannot understand the rationale for why we had to kill millions of people in Asia and Southeast Asia. I just I don't understand it, and I'm afraid that now that we claim we've ended the Afghanistan war that we will start uh, begin a war with China, uh, and, uh, or maybe North Korea again, or, or Iran, which hasn't invaded any other countries um you know china hasn't invaded any other countries but we're we're determined to put the world at risk and the biden's budget asked actually asked for another 30 billion dollars to develop new nuclear weapons if you can imagine wow. that wow. uh Just but, you know i did want, i i did want to talk you know about my book ending u.s wars by honoring americans who work for peace because I think that's the way to change our peace culture. We, we need to um, uh, encourage your audience to, to go to uspeacememorial.org our website, look at the information about what we're doing by honoring people. We have a US peace registry where we document the specific work that hundreds of people, Americans and organizations have done for peace and to end war. We're trying to create role models. We've got the military role models. They're in all the movies. They're in the, you know, they come to the schools and impress the young children. But we need peace role models. And so we have documented the work of hundreds of people that we honor in the U.S. Peace Registry, which is part of my book, Ending U.S. Wars. And we give an annual U.S. Peace Prize to a person from within, you know, Within the U.S. Peace Registry, a person or organization that's that's done the most uh, that we feel uh, for peace. Uh, many of those people have military backgrounds. In fact, Veterans for Peace is one of the organizations uh, that was awarded the U.S. Peace Prize, and we've we've done that. This is our 13th year of giving the U.S. Peace Prize, and most Americans aren't even aware of that. You know, they they look to the Nobel Peace Prize. Well we don't need to look to the Norwegian parliament to make decisions about who's worthy of a peace prize, people like Kissinger and Obama, uh, and when we have our own U.S. Peace Prize, which is uh, supported by the U.S. Peace Memorial Foundation. And so we have the U.S. Peace Registry, the U.S. Peace Prize, and then we're raising funds to build a national monument in Washington, D.C., that will help to change our culture because people will then understand that it's socially acceptable to speak out against war. They see a national monument. And they see quotations from famous Americans, many U.S. presidents, and cultural icons. People like Margaret Mead and Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, you know Muhammad Ali. Uh, you know quotes from Einstein, who said, "I believe that the killing of human beings in a war." Is no better than common murder. And there, there are strong statements from people that everyone will have read about, people like Helen Keller, but be so shocked by their strong anti war statements. And yeah, uh, you never
0: hear that on the corporate media. So, you know, no, you never, yeah.
1: No. And uh, President Kennedy, who, has, of course, has many faults, but one thing that he said. Uh, early in his career was, was that war will exist until that distant day when the conscientious objector enjoys the same reputation and prestige that the warrior does today. So basically that that is it could be the basis for our argument here that you know, an anti-war activist once their reputation and prestige is elevated to where it needs to be so that they are honored by our culture, that their prestige is the same as the, the soldier, then we can we can look for legitimate arguments where the, the causes of peace can be argued at the same time that the causes of war or the voices of war are
0: being heard. Right, and I mean it's it is remarkable. We have so many people that are Americans that have, you know, made statements or done things against uh, war, but their their history of that is really kind of uh, drowned out by so many it's people, lost. warmongers and things like that. Yeah, it, it's lost, and that's why this monument, which will actually have
1: uh, electronically available the listings of. We have currently 900 specific anti-war behaviors people have engaged in, hundreds of people. Those will all be documented at the monument. So these people, these living people are honored. And then it will be covered with quotations from famous Americans where everyone will know the name of the American but be shocked by the strong anti-war quote. And that can change our culture so that people realize, well, it must be socially acceptable to speak out against war. And If we can encourage people to start honoring everyone who makes a contribution to our country, not just the soldiers, um, then I think we can take a big step towards questioning our military budget and questioning why we're invading country after country. These countries have not invaded us. No country has invaded us in, in my lifetime, and yet we've killed millions of people
0: around the world. Right, and if the thing is, Americans are in a fishbowl. They don't realize the the opinion of our country from smaller countries around the world. They don't understand that like, we have this fiction of Russia being a threat, but it's a non-existent threat, but there are other countries who view America as the biggest bully of its era, really. It's like uh, there's a potential they could get uh, invaded. Look at uh, Libya, Syria, you know. We've been in so sure. many countries. Yeah, it's just incredible. Exactly. And we, we lose
1: these wars, so we have to, you have to wonder. I mean, obviously, we lost the war in Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia, the war in Iraq. You know, we're, we're out of there. We barely got out. Afghanistan, I guess we're out of that. We're just going to bomb from a distance now. Uh, Libya was another one. You know, the, Obama engaged in basically a shock and awe of Libya, but it wasn't even covered by the media, they bombed Tripoli, oh. they bombed, they, just like Bush bombed Baghdad, they bombed where the people live, residents yes. They killed, killed old people and children and women and non-combatants. These are just residential areas, not military bases. The idea was to bring Libya to its, to its knees, at, or, you know, with the might of the U.S. government, and hopefully we'll never attempt something like that with Russia or, or China. Uh, that will be the end of the world, in my opinion. And we need America to wake up and realize and our citizens to stop electing these warmongers, Republicans and Democrats, who take bribes from the war industry. We politely call them campaign contributions, but they are no, no less than bribes to be sure that these politicians continue to funnel money into the military industrial complex.
0: Right, it's the original warning of Eisenhower, right? So all that came true. Exactly, exactly. exactly.
1: True. But, yeah, it, it certainly did. So, so, so I hope your your listeners will consider looking at the U.S. Peace Memorial Foundation at uspeacememorial.org, our website. Uh, consider reading uh, my book um, you know, online or uh, however you wish to. A lot of it is on the website, but it's ending the right. so U.S. What- wars.
0: Ending U.S. wars. So you have the National Monument. You've got the U.S. Peace Registry. You've give, can you talk about some of the people that you've honored from your group? With uh,
1: Yeah. Uh, well, as there have been 12 recipients uh, so far. Uh, last year it was Christine Ahn uh, for bold activism to end the Korean War, heal its wounds, and uh, promote women's roles in peace building. Uh, she's the head of a group called Women Cross the DMZ, and very active in, in getting North and South Korea, normalizing relations, ending the U.S. war there. Um, in 2019, it was Ajammu Baraka. Uh, he's the national organizer of Black Alliance for Peace. And uh, he, he was given the award for bold anti-war actions and writings and speeches and his leadership uh, just providing an inspiring voice against militarism. Um, And in previous years, we've had people like David Swanson, the uh, the founder, one of the founders of World Beyond War, and uh, Anne Wright, who's a former army colonel and diplomat who resigned uh, because of the US uh, uh, war in the Middle East. Uh, Anne Wright, Veterans for Peace, uh, Code, Code Pink is another recipient. That's uh, Women for Peace, um, Noam Chomsky, who most people know, is written for a, a nearly six decades, uh, brilliant anti-war analyses. Um, uh, the former uh, Bradley Manning, now Chelsea Manning, uh, you know, who revealed. Uh, you know the u.s war crimes basically i don't know you can still see some of those videos of u.s war crimes online where basically we just kill civilians almost like a game um uh, so chelsea video game uh, yeah video game yeah yeah yeah. Uh, congressman uh, former congressman dennis kucinich won the award in uh, 2010 uh introduced an awful lot of anti-war legislation and tried to reduce the budget uh cindy sheehan everyone's familiar with her won the award in in 2009 uh became very active after her son was was killed in war Uh, so you know it's it's a distinguished group uh people like medea benjamin and who who founded uh code pink i'm probably missing a few names but i apologize if you've got a lot of them yeah kathy Kathy kelly yeah kathy kelly exactly Uh, who's actually put her life on the line many times in Afghanistan to keep the U.S. military from from beating up or killing Afghani families. Uh, So, you know, it's, we have American heroes. And when I started this, I'm I'm a university professor, I started asking my students, can you think of any anti-war hero, uh, American anti-war hero? And you know just silence, and someone said Gandhi, and I said, Well, he's from India. Uh, right. so if you press them hard, they'll they will remember that uh Martin Luther King Jr. did speak out against the Vietnam War, but they they don't know other names. So, our mission is to elevate uh these people like Muhammad Ali, uh, who who said, No, I'm not going 10,000 miles to help murder kill and burn other people to simply help continue the domination of white slave masters over dark people. He said that when he evaded the draft or refused to be drafted. Uh, so it showed tremendous courage. Uh, so we've got, we have lots of people that we honor and we want to elevate uh, you know, their names and their prestige so we can show especially young people that there are role models out there for uh, opposing one or more wars. And I have to say, we're not—you um, know—we're not necessarily against all wars. We have many people that we've honored who have fought in wars. Um, T- Tulsa Gabbard is is an example. of Someone she was nominated for the U.S. Peace Prize last year when she was a member of Congress and also a major in the military. Um, so. You know, it it doesn't matter if you're a pacifist or not. What matters is that you have the courage to speak out against uh, any war, uh, any bombing of people that doesn't make sense uh, to you and demand right. accountability.
0: Right. A lot of the people who are anti-war activists or who want to end the war were in some of these wars. They become the most anti-war <laughs> activists out there, right? hmm Yeah, exactly. And... and uh,
1: so, I, I just hope that uh, people will take a look at uh, USPaceMoral.org and consider joining us as founding members. We're not going really public with the national media until we have a 1,000 members representing all 50 states. And we list all of our members that are, well, about 450 right now from 46 states plus Washington, DC, Puerto Rico, and the US Virgin Islands. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're, we need another, you know, over 500 more to get to 1,000, but we wanted to have 1,000 founding members representing all 50 states before we really went public to the, you know, the mainstream media. Uh, and um, that's, you know, that's something that we have to build. We ha- Raising funds for a national monument is very expensive.
0: And you are—I mean—you're expecting to spend a significant amount of money, and you're also a nonprofit, right? So it's a five hundred one. Yeah, C3. it's a
1: five hundred one c three not for profit. Yes, yes, And we have we have many many donors. We honor them in our annual report and on our website. Uh, many people have uh, had their their distributions from their IRAs sent directly for, to us, so they don't have to pay taxes taxes that contribute to more funding for the military, Uh, and, you know, there there are many ways that you can contribute. We also have a volunteer program that you can read about on our website.
0: And what, can you describe for the audience what the National Peace Registry is?
1: Yes, well, the, the 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 U.S. Peace Registry documents the work of hundreds of Americans and U.S. organizations that have worked, for peace and against war. So we have people, we have documented what exactly they've done in behaviorally specific terms. Like they founded an organization, they chained themselves to the White House fence demanding an end to the war in Afghanistan. You know, they wrote a letter to the editor of their local newspaper or an op-ed article. And we have we have links in the U.S. Peace Registry and on our website where you can see the U.S. Peace Registry, a link so that you can read an article someone wrote or see a TV interview that they gave in opposition to war or see a piece of legislation. We have several members of Congress, uh, former members of Congress, who introduced legislation. So there are about 900 specific behaviors that we, that we have documented. Many of them have hot links so you can actually go and Look at what the person uh, did and uh, and hopefully be inspired from them and get some ideas of what you might do if you oppose war. You might not want to do civil disobedience, but you might want to write a letter to your editor or a letter to your member of Congress. Uh, you might want to join anti-war organizations, become a founding member of the U.S. Peace Memorial Foundation. Uh, there are just lots of things you can do. There are people that will hold uh, a sign like end the war in in Afghanistan or which I think will be continuing uh you know on a bridge uh over an interstate they'll hold a big sign up you know don't and don't you know China is not our enemy is one I've seen recently China is not our enemy you know to try to convince people these are things that usually you won't you know have trouble with the police for doing and uh you know will show public support holding holding signs on the street corner uh we have yard signs that people put in the yard saying end the wars uh so anyway there are hundreds of examples here and hundreds of people and organizations uh we're trying to connect people and uh and hold them up as role models so that people will see that there are things they can do and there really are national heroes that have opposed war and uh and we even describe what some of the consequences of their opposition have been, so people understand what those might be.
0: Right, and and so you have those lists in there. Is where's the best place for people to get this book? Ending U.S. wars. Well,
1: I don't, I don't want to say Amazon is the best, but if you go if you go to Amazon uh, and look up "Ending U.S. Wars by Honoring Americans for Who Work for Peace." you will uh, be able to read the first 40 pages for free where it says look inside. So, Mm -hmm. but Barnes and Noble has it. And if you go to our homepage, you can click on the picture of the book and it will give you, uh, I think Powell's bookstore. There are about uh, seven or eight different bookstores uh, that carry it nationwide, books a million. Uh, There are all kinds of opportunities uh, to order the book. And it's available in hardcover, which is a really nice-looking, beautiful book, uh, softcover, and then Kindle or EPUB. So gotcha. you can get it in any, any format you want.
0: And you have, in the best uh, website to check out the Peace Memorial is www.uspeacememorial.org. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. And no periods on the U.S., just uspeacememorial.org. Yeah,
0: and where's the best way to contact you or reach out? Do you have social media or is it the website?
1: Well, you know, I don't mind emails. Uh, my, my email address is Knox, K-N-O-X, at org. So it's the same gotcha. as the website, Knox at org. But we also have, you can see on our homepage, we have Twitter accounts. We have, you know, uh, Instagram. We have Facebook, and you, there's a YouTube account. Uh, you can see all, all kinds of stuff, including presentations of the U.S. Peace Prize that were held before large audiences um, Interesting. in different venues. So, yeah, so there's access to the U.S. Peace Prize, all that information, to the U.S. Peace Registry, to quotations. They're on our website, too, the quotations that will We're proposing to our founding members that be considered to be on the monument once it's built. We have, of course, a donate button and lots of information about the book and about us and our board of directors and how the idea initially developed. And you can read the introduction to the book there, too.
0: Right. And again, the title of the book is Ending U.S. Wars by Honoring Americans Who Work for Peace by Michael D. Knox, Ph.D. Thank you so much for your time, Mike.
1: Thank you very much, William. I really appreciate the opportunity. Take care.
0: My pleasure. Bye-bye. All right. Stay there.